Kick it and go. Kick it and kick it and go. and welcome back to full 10 yards we have a very special episode for you today we are talking to a cfl first round pick ferran churchill how are you man i'm good how are you did, did i get that right is it ferran ferran okay okay we got that right then just just uh i know uh my pronunciation is a little bit off uh sometimes so First thing we talk about, congratulations. You've been great, uh, drafted by the greatest CFL team in history, my team, the Toronto Argonauts. How, how was that? Was that a surprise that you got drafted so early? Uh, yeah, it was a very uh, big surprise for me. I remember draft night, I'll, I'll never forget it. But uh, even uh, with pre-draft talks and, and the um, expectation or the prediction of where I was going to go uh, was later into the middle rounds or whatever. And then um, getting that call um fairly early on in the night uh, certainly put my uh, thoughts at ease and, and was able to enjoy the night but uh, we'll never forget it yeah I, I remember reading after the announcement hit you actually said you weren't quite expecting um, a call that early and ninth overall is obviously massive and you, you you had a lot of eyes on you early on was there a reason why you weren't expected to be drafted or was it was it just maybe you were expecting guys from American colleges to be looked at first uh, I think that uh, that does become a factor with the American colleges down south uh, for the Canadians that do come up being eligible for that dra- uh, the draft. Um, the reason I was expected late was just all the, the pre-draft talks again, right, with uh, the analyzing and and the uh, mock drafts to say. Um, so that's just I was just so surprised with the results. So. Yeah, it's obviously a big pickup for the Argonauts. We needed some offensive line help, and you're a big guy who can – I've seen you play in college, man. You can absolutely dominate some people at the line of scrimmage. Um, how excited are you? Obviously, we've not had a season this year due to COVID-19, but how, how, how excited are you to get into training camp and start training with some of the guys? I'm really excited. Uh, this is something I've been dreaming about since about – well, you dream about it since you were a kid, but uh, – about four or five years ago, it really started to become a reality that this could be a possibility. Uh, so I'm excited to get into a camp um, to play for a team like the Toronto Argonauts, such a historic team, uh, playing with four pinball Clemens and, and Ryan Didwitty um, and getting uh, my career, pro career, started. Yeah, it's often overlooked the Canadian Football League I think by especially a lot of American football fans who don't really know the history behind it and actually it's funny you mentioned the the history of the Toronto Argonauts they're the oldest professional sports team in uh, North America right now that has the same name as they did when they started over a hundred years ago um be being drafted by by such a historic franchise did you did you have any expectations of uh, what things were going to be like going in or did you just sort of take it day by day? I definitely taking it day by day. Um, going into draft night, you don't know where you're going to go. Right. So, but you have to uh, be happy with the results and as more than happy with the results as I can say, but uh, you just got to be prepared with whoever you're going to go, wherever you're going to go. Uh, you got to be prepared to wherever that is going to be. Yeah. It's, Obviously, um, 
the the draft is a lot bigger than uh people are used to sort of with the nfl draft it's it's less rounds and stuff like that but do you um do you think after this season, obviously coming off COVID-19, do, do you think this season's going to be one of the biggest CFL seasons going? Because there's been a lot more eyes on it that I've noticed personally. Do you, do you think after this COVID-19 slope, Canada's sort of going to be foaming at the mouth for football again? Uh, I think uh, there are a lot of people um, that I've been talking to a lot uh, lately, get a lot of CFL fans where I'm from and, of course, all around Canada. So I think people will be excited to have the – uh, the CFL back. Um, I know some people are kind of questioning uh, what their financial uh, stability is like and, and doubting if, if it can return, but uh, I, I trust that I'll be back. Yeah, ov- obviously the, the sport has taken a massive hit because of COVID-19. And I think it was kind of a smart move from the CFL to take the year off and not stretch resources any thinner than they could be. Um, but you're from if I if my research is correct, you're from just outside of Red Deer, which is uh, kind of kind of out there in the boonies, from my understanding. Is uh, is this sort of a big step up for you to be moving into a large city like Toronto? And uh, how are you going to adjust to city life? Yeah, yeah, uh, I get that question a lot lately, especially uh, when I've been home for almost a year now. It's just a small town of about five six thousand people. And uh, I, I did move to Edmonton uh, about seven years ago. I lived there. For four years and then I went to Regina for the previous three so Toronto is going to be a big jump for me but uh, I'm excited for it I know it's going to be a, a great city and an exciting city to, to live and play in. Yeah let's actually talk about uh, Regina for a little bit because that's where you spent your college years and uh, pe- people don't re- this is going to be going out to a lot of uh, our fans who maybe aren't super familiar with Canadian football. So I, I think I'd be remiss if we if we didn't give them a tiny bit of an explanation on how it's different from American football. Now, the biggest one is obviously it's three downs instead of four. There's a much larger end zone. But my favourite rule is the ruse rule. Uh, <laughs> how how would you sort of explain that to to American fans who maybe aren't necessarily used to seeing some crazy stuff like that go on? Um, like the um, the rule specifically, and uh, yeah, how with with kicking and stuff like that. Yeah, um, well, in American football, even with like the kicking with the punting, you you can have your fair catch and all that, right? Uh, with CFL, you have to return your kick uh, with a five-yard buffer, basically between the returner and the and the defense. And uh, the ru- the rouge is just basically for field position, uh, being able to kick the ball if you need to near the end of the game to try and get that one extra point or or, or so to 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 win the game. Yeah, is um, so obviously you played very similar rules at college. Um, is there anything? Well, I'm assuming you've gone, you've uh, had like team meetings and stuff via Zoom and stuff like that already. Is there uh, any adjustments that you're already seeing from co- uh, college to the professional game so far? Well, as expected, uh, the the uh, the speed of the game is going to be a much bigger improvement. I, I had that uh, transition from junior football to university, so I, I wouldn't expect any less um, going from university to to pro um, but as far as like with our team meetings and learning the playbook and everything a lot of it is actually pretty similar to what I've uh, what I've played with in the past 
Yeah, um, obviously, being an offensive lineman, your job is going to be mostly the same. Your job is to physically dominate another human being to make sure that runners can get through and the quarterback staying safe. But um, growing up in Canada, my perception is that the biggest sport for you guys is hockey. How is it when you sort of get to the level where you're thinking of making a go at professional football? Is there sort of a different crowd or is it very... uh, or is it sort of like just sports fans in general that gravitate to it? Or is there a lot of guys who are just hockey or just baseball? Um, I know a lot of people that just like both. They like all the sports. And I know it's a, it's a hockey country, uh, Canada's game, as they say, right? So um, I think that might be um, biased opinions towards hockey when, when you have a Canadian game of football where the rules are a lot different than American um, where they'll prefer the NFL over the CFL, but um, each, each is different. And, and I don't think there's a fair shot towards CFL. I, I think a lot of people like the NFL just because it, it's so-called better. Um, but each game has their own pros and cons basically. Right. So um, I, I wish that people would give the CFL more of a chance. Yeah, well, if I, I feel like a lot of American college football fans would actually enjoy the CFL more because it's a lot more fast-paced. Uh, the games move a lot quicker. There's less commercial breaks for a start. That's my biggest problem with the NFL is every two minutes you're taking uh, a little bit away for the, uh, from the action. But with emergence of guys like uh, Lawrence Duvernay-Tardif and Chase Claypool now becoming huge stars in the NFL, is that sort of bringing more eyes to the CFL as more kids sort of grow up in Canada wanting to play football and finding the CFL through that? Absolutely. I think so. Um, you look at the, uh, the results from the past few years of how many Canadians are, um, are going down south of the border, right? Whether that's college or eventually into the NFL. Uh, it's starting to get a lot more popular up here and uh, hopefully it keeps trending that way. Yeah, because personally for me, I think the only reason a lot of guys even look at the NFL is the money because you it sent, tends to be you get a lot more electric playmakers in the CFL because you get guys that maybe didn't get a shot in the NFL. Guys like Jeremiah Masoli, who plays for, I think, uh, Hamilton right now, and he, he absolutely lights it up and it's clear he can play football. And the, the Canadian field just is... The, the size of it makes for much more electric plays and you've got the vertical movement of receivers pre-play and things like that. I just, I think it's a much more fast paced game. And um, have you ever played football with the American rule set? No, I have not. No. Okay. I was going to say, cause it'd probably be uh, a lot slower because, uh, but do you find um do you find that the CFL maybe doesn't have enough eyes on it outside of Canada or do you, or do you think, you know, it, it maybe needs to grow more in Canada before it starts going South of the border? Maybe. I think some more growth in, in Canada would be necessary as well, but I know that the commissioner Randy Ambrosi has always been um, an advocate for uh, getting that CFL 2.0, like in Mexico and, and trying to uh, market the CFL much better, not just in North America, but across the world. Yeah, because you are realistically the number two professional football league in the world. And we saw with the international combine that the CFL actually brought in a lot of different international players and maybe gave a lot of guys a home who necessarily wouldn't get that shot in the NFL because of the roster limits and, you know, 
all the sort of rules that that league has. Um, but do you think it's good that they've kept the rules on the amount of Canadian players a team needs just to make sure that that Canadian talent is still being there and still being fostered? Yeah, I think that the the roster limit or minimum, say, um, on Canadians, I think it, you have to have that um, to keep that Canadianism in into the game itself, into the CFL. And I know uh, it kind of works both ways when, when Canadians are going south of the border. Um, I see a lot of times with, with our stud athletes in the CFL, a lot of them are American as well. A lot of Canadians as well, but it works both ways. Like a lot, a lot of Canadians go south of the border, a lot of Americans come north, right? Because they, they need that second opportunity or whatever, but they, they excel up here too. So um, both games are great, American or Canadian. Yeah, and also there's a lot of talk in the NFL recently with maybe my home country, uh, the UK, getting a football team. But also now what's being talked at more realistically is Canada getting an NFL team. Do you think that would help the CFL grow, knowing that, you know, professional football is being brought to Canada by other leagues? Or do you think that maybe hinders the growth of the CFL? I think it would hinder the growth of the CFL. Um, just keeping it... Canadian only with the, the nine teams that we have, I would much rather uh, gain a 10th CFL team, which there seems to be a plan for rather than have, having the 10 CFL teams rather than one additional NFL team. If it came down to that. Yeah. I honestly, I think that's better attempt. CFL team would be absolutely fantastic because a lot of, a lot of Americans probably don't know. It's not a 16 week season. It's 21 weeks, basically, um, and you have more than one bye week. And the season is always so exciting to me. But the, the thing I do want to touch on as well is obviously you're playing in a country that is bilingual. Um, do you think there's any differences or maybe it's harder for players who are French Canadian to maybe join a, a Canadian team that's all English speakers? Um, I don't I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that becomes a factor um at all uh i think a lot of those um bilingual athletes um they they know english more so our everything else is english so i think their transition is, is easy I, I don't think that affects anything yeah and ov obviously uh you're an offensive lineman so a big part of your game is technique and strength and conditioning um how have you been training in the off-season? Obviously, due to COVID-19, there's obviously a bunch of restrictions with gyms and stuff like that. How have you been keeping fit this off-season? Yeah, uh, well, we had, uh, we've had two lockdowns here now. Uh, the, the one was um, about last spring now, almost a year. And I was able to get into the gym all through the summer and all through the fall. I uh, really got back to my uh, pre-combine um, fitness Pretty, pretty close felt pretty good and then uh just before christmas here they put down a, a second lockdown so since then it's just been focusing on a lot of um well finishing school i had the finals there but uh just home workouts just doing what i can and then uh, hopefully they're uh, gonna lift the second lockdown here pretty soon yeah was there a big jump in things you have to learn playbook wise going from college to uh professional um no, not really. As I, as I touched on earlier, a lot of the playbook stuff was about the same uh, as what I what I ran in Regina. So uh, the transition there um, mentally won't be as much of a factor as it will be um, physically. Yeah, you, but 
one of the one of the big questions I should I probably should have asked this with uh, open with how excited are you to get on the field and put on the blue to to really go out there for Toronto and show out how excited are you just for the season to get started? Uh, super excited. Uh, you know, we've been waiting for this moment for a while now, and and 2020 was actually the first year since I was. Uh, geez, probably 10, nine, 10 years old that I hadn't strapped on a helmet. Uh, so that, that um, took a little bit of a toll on me. It was nice to be home for sure uh, right now for almost a year. But uh, to get back onto the field and kind of where I belong and where I've earned, earned uh, my opportunity, more or less, um, I'm excited for that. Yeah, how excited are you to be working with uh, some of the guys, obviously like Matt Nichols and obviously a guy who got drafted just before you, Dijon Brissette, but also a, a, a lot of a guy who's being talked about a lot, I think just because of his past, is a guy called Ronald Ollie. I'm sure you're familiar with him from uh, Netflix show Last Chance You, but how, how excited are you to start working with seasoned professionals, the guys like Matt, Matt Nichols who've been in there and and played in the NFL and the CFL for a number of years now. Are you excited to sort of see what these guys can teach you and what they can bring to your game? Yeah. Uh, Matt Nichols, uh, been watching him since I was in Edmonton about seven, eight years ago. And uh, he's a heck of a quarterback and I can't wait to, to learn from him uh, with the offense there. Uh, and um, Ronald Oli, uh, he, he, we know him from um, that Netflix series there, uh, Last Chance You, and uh, I'm excited to uh, work with him, like knowing his story and and just to be able to play beside these guys now that you kind of idolized for the past few years. Yeah, I was about to say, like, Matt Nichols is the big one. You're going to be protecting a guy who last year was great. Well, year before last at this point was great cup champion with the Blue Bombers and obviously great player and he's had an exceptional career up to this point with like you said Edmonton and then Winnipeg for five years after that um do you feel like there's any pressure going to a team like Toronto with the history do you think there's a pressure you're maybe not that you're putting on yourself but maybe almost subconsciously that you you have to be the best of the best like going into the season straight away um no I uh I try not to put pressure on myself. Uh, I learned a lot, long time ago to not put pressure on myself and just go about my own business. And I end up being a lot better that way, just going out and doing what I can and controlling only what I can control. Yeah, so we'll talk as well, because you're an offensive lineman, which is a, a, an underappreciated position, let's say that. And you always hear at the draft and stuff, they say it's not a glamorous pick and stuff like that. But realistically, you you guys are the guys that helps the team go. You're the reason the quarterback can sit back there and pass. You're the reason that runners can find holes and, you know, get get upfield to the next level. Um, do, Is offensive line something you got put into? Is that a position you got put into when you started playing youth football or is it a position you just sort of gravitated to uh, as you developed as a young man? I uh, kind of gravitated more so towards it. Um, I Obviously in high school when you're a little younger you kind of you play both sides with offense and defense um, but when I went to start playing uh, junior football they uh, that's when I more so specialized on the one side of the ball with the offensive line. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll talk as well. Do you do any other sports outside of football? Because I know a lot of offensive linemen that maybe I've worked with in the past and, and interviewed and stuff like that. A lot of them do stuff like karate or they know how to um, ice skate and stuff like that because they say it helps feet and hand-eye coordination and stuff like that. Do you have any other sports that, that you play that you maybe take elements from to help you be a better offensive lineman? Uh, not currently, maybe just from leisure activity or when I was younger as well, like with hockey and, and basketball and other sports, baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as an offensive lineman, a big part of, of your game is eating right as well. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people are going to think this is m- maybe a bit of a crazy, crazy question, but you have to stay a certain size to be an offensive lineman. How, mu- how much do you tend to like eat in a day? What does your diet consist of to stay in great physical condition but be able to keep weight on just so you can manhandle other people i try to target around like four to five thousand calories a day um a lot of protein um a lot of protein shakes creatine uh and also the fitness uh requirements come into play there too right with with uh, the strength and conditioning yeah i was about to say you must have like when you like started training when you were younger, when you started training to become an offensive lineman, I can guarantee you spent a lot of time in the weight room uh, developing that because you are a big dude. And I've seen you play. You you make grown men look like children. In some of the plays I've seen you pancake dudes, it's honestly quite impressive. Um, I do want to talk about the draft process a bit because you did say you obviously weren't quite expecting to be picked that high. What sort of dealings did you have with teams? Like how, how does that play out on the CFL when speaking to teams and especially during COVID, is it a lot of zoom calls and phone calls or is it emails and stuff like that? Uh, just like the pre pre-draft talks kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, they had to go with the, uh, the zoom meetings of course, last year. Uh, last March and, and April and pre- pre- preparations for the draft. Uh, but usually what they do is having the national combine in Toronto and then uh, each person or each team has their own way of interviews and they can actually meet with people one-on-one. So it was a little bit different with the zoom meetings. Uh, some are just phone calls about half are phone calls, half for zoom meetings. And you just kind of get to know the person. And a lot of times it's not even about football. It's just kind of knowing who you are as a person and there's a there's a few questions um nothing really uh, specific that i can remember but some questions are kind of really way out there and unexpected but uh just to kind of keep you on your toes i guess some teams like to do um but yeah it's just more so just getting to know what you are or who you are as a person yeah and um Leading into that as well, we we obviously talked about guys like jeremiah masoli and ronald ollie coming to the league from america um when we see guys like Johnny Manziel, and I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, uh, Toronto actually signed a, a kicker called Donald De La Hay. Um, these situations don't always pan out as expected. Do you think these hurt the CFL's reputation, or do you think they help it getting these big names in? Uh, I think depending on how that person comes to play, I think uh, with, with Manziel's... Um, uh, his tenure here in the CFL, um, maybe, I don't know what really all went on, but I think that just came down to his play. Like it was personal. So I don't think it has any connection towards uh, how the CFL is with that. Okay. No, it makes, it makes a lot of sense, but 
the, the thing American fans and uh, British fans, because that's how our fan base is British, if you, you couldn't tell by the crazy accent I've got going on. Um, uh, the guys don't see, they only really see Canadian football when some crazy play goes down and it's on, um, it, it goes viral or whatever, or ESPN put it on. But obviously, TSN is massive. It's, it's Canadian's version of ESPN and they always have the CFO on there. Do you think that um, TSN should really ramp up their CFL coverage, given that you're coming back for this season? Do you think they should kind of ramp you up, give you guys the spotlight a little bit more? And especially we've seen uh, the Toronto Raptors, well, they won a championship recently. Do you think that helps get eyes on Canadian sports in general? I think the Raptors winning an NBA championship uh, definitely did help with a little bit of spotlight on, on Canadian sports. Uh, TSN does a, a lot already with uh, trying to put that spotlight on Canadian sports all over. Uh, so I don't know how much more that they would be able to do. They would be able to, to put a little bit more in preparation for the season, hopefully across North America. Um, but during the season, it's honestly top notch to like owning the rights. They're the only people that can broadcast CFL, but they do a really good job. Yeah, because I obviously, being from a different country, I have to use VPNs and stuff to to log in and watch games and stuff like that. And it is a little bit harder to get coverage uh, out here. And I have to watch everything on the internet, which is a little bit frustrating because sometimes you just like to kick back with a beer and and watch stuff on TV. Um, An important question, though, I think is... um, who do you think should get the NF, uh, the CFL expansion team well, if the CFL decides to make this 10th team? Would, what city do you think deserves that the most? Well, it's hard to not say Halifax because that's been named so many times over the past two, three, four years or so. Uh, but I think, I think that'd be important to get a team there uh, being the only area in Canada that doesn't have a team. Uh, I think that'd be a good spot. And uh, what team are you most excited to go up against this season? I know we obviously have that very intense rivalry with Hamilton, but is there a team you, that you're really excited to go out there and play against either because of their players or, or maybe the history against the Argonauts? Uh, I do. I do like that uh, rivalry with Hamilton, uh, but uh, being from Western Canada, I, um, I look forward to uh, coming home, playing against Edmonton and Calgary in front of some family and friends, but one that would be at the very, very top would be uh, in Saskatchewan when I look forward to, to playing in front of those fans and, and playing there for three years. It, I, you obviously end up going to a few games and the atmosphere is, is crazy. And, and being a, a visiting team coming in, that would be a, a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that's one thing that American fans, I don't think, unless they've gone to a lot of college games, will really understand is how how passionate CFL fans are like CFL games have some of the best atmosphere ever. Like you said, you've been to some before and the, the, just the atmosphere of being there, even though sometimes it's only 20,000 fans, it feels like a hundred thousand and everyone's drinking, everyone's having a good time and everyone is mostly friendly. I'll say that everyone, everyone is fairly friendly. Um, I, by the way, I'm just putting out there, I'm expecting at least three pancakes when you go out and play against uh, Hamilton. I, I want you to just dominate that D-line. I don't care who's coming up against you. I want you pancake and dudes all... D- I mean, fully 
setting him down and letting him know that hey, you can't come to Toronto and and try and get sacks on my quarterback. I need <laughs> I need you to go out there and pancake some dudes for me. But uh, if you could just explain for a lot of the people here who maybe haven't been to a CF, maybe haven't even been to an American football game, and I shouldn't really call it American football because Canada is the the home home the birthplace really of this type of football. Um, what what's the atmosphere at a CFL game compared to maybe other sporting events? Uh, I, I haven't been personally down south of the border for a game, uh, whether that's college football or NFL, but uh, being to some uh, Eskimo or Edmonton football team uh, games and uh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider games, it's, it's really um, exciting. Like the fans, they do love the game. Uh, when, when you go to Saskatchewan and they have, I think, 30 – 30 plus thousand sold out fans going crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. I remember my first game when I moved to Regina and I was, it was, it it made me proud as a Canadian football fan, just to see it for the first time of how, um, how much these fans uh, love their game. Yeah. It's, you know, the last season that we played was obviously a little bit disappointing. We did not finish with a record that, um, I predicted, I actually predicted us going to the, the Grey Cup. So maybe I cursed the team a tiny bit there. But uh, uh, how do you feel like, well, obviously, you know, so far, there's a good culture in Toronto. We know that. How do you, how are you going to contribute to making sure this team becomes, well, has a winning record again this season? Well, I'm going to go in with, um, again, like be, no expectations of myself just being, uh, ready to go with the playbook uh, and just giving the best I can and, and push my my teammates, of course, uh, but really hope to uh, get on the active roster and, and some play, as much playing time as possible. Um, but want to contribute the best I can. That's all I really can do. Yeah, I mean, look, the, t- the team's got a lot of great players. And I think last season, a lot of external factors sort of led to the to the record we had and to to a slightly disappointing season. But I think with the guys we've drafted this season, we're in a very good position. Guys like yourself, Dijon Brazette, who was obviously drafted just a little bit before you, I think that the nucleus of talent is absolutely exceptional. And with a pickup of a veteran like Matt Nichols, I, I have no doubts we're going to have a winning season this season. What are you most excited for uh, going into the CFL season, whether it be making your debut or, or you know, what, what, what's the moment you're most looking forward to when you can finally get out on the field? Uh, well, getting onto the field is one thing, just getting into camp. But the one thing I probably look forward to uh, is probably uh, putting on that jersey and helmet for the very first time again, uh, but, but in a real CFL game. So probably my debut. Uh, I can't wait for that moment. Yeah, I'm so happy we've gone back to the classic helmets as well. You, that, that is one of the best-looking helmets in professional sports, yeah. period. The the uniform is ex- exceptional. What 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 do you think you're going to take away most from your de- debut? Are you just going to try and soak it all in, or, or do you think you're um, you're going to try and remember, remember specific moments? I'm just going to take it all in, just living in the moments. Uh, I've, always, I've always been doing that. Um, my whole career to this point, whether it was youth sports or junior football, just taking one step at a time and, and realizing when I have that debut, like, okay, I, I made it, but job, job isn't done. Right. But uh, you know, you, you made it in a way. Have you, have you got to speak to many of the team yet or? 
Uh, no, we, um, we've exchanged some talks over the past uh, eight, nine months or whatever, but uh, they just weren't sure about what the, uh, what the prediction was going to be for the season, right? They were trying to get a two or three month season going there at the end of 2020, but that fell out. So there was a lot of things going on uh, that they needed to take care of that uh, you don't need to hear from them about. So. Yeah, well, I was, I was going to say sort of like, you know, there, there's obviously uncertainty there, but I didn't know if you'd sort of like had any group talks or whatever with the team so far. But we'll, we'll take it back to college a little bit now. And obviously being a student athlete is incre- incredibly hard thing to do. How did you balance schoolwork and football alongside each other? Because it feels like, especially for, you know, people, you're, you're young adults at this point, that seems like a lot of responsibility. How did you deal with schoolwork, workouts and football all at the same time? Well, the balance, uh, well, what we set up in Regina, it, it was really um, it was really good for the way we balanced it, uh, practicing in the evenings and, and school all day. You just had to take care of the schooling during the day and, and your workouts as well during the day. So the balance was um, was nice. Do you think there's maybe it's a little bit, you as a, a slight advantage being a, a Canadian university over an American university? Because you see a lot of kids in America there. Some guys find it hard to cope because 24-7 they've got cameras in their face. There's all the media are writing a bunch of stories about them and it can probably get in some guys' heads. I mean, if I was an 18, 19, 20-year-old who was trying my hardest to do all my schoolwork and then train and then play games and I had Stephen A. Smith or Colin Cowherd telling me that I sucked, I felt like I don't know how I'd be able to deal with that. Do you think you're an advantage being in Canada where you didn't have so many media or like sort of almost covering your life 24 seven while you were trying to balance schoolwork and training. I would say so. Yeah. In, in a way um, we, we, we wouldn't have that distraction where, where we are in Canada. So it's, it, it's something that we're not used to as well. So maybe they're just used to it and they know how to cope with it as, as Americans in the NCAA. Uh, but I think that would be a factor. We're just not used to it. So we don't have to worry about someone being in your ear about, you did this, you did that wrong or, or whatever. Yeah. I was about to say, that's probably like, I feel like that's a stress for a lot of athletes. Cause, because when I was younger, I actually played for a, a professional Academy when I was just a, a young kid. And I, I felt like it was a lot of pressure, but I didn't have the media or anything around me. So I could sort of focus on schoolwork and stuff. And this, this was soccer, by the way, not, I was never physically gifted enough to be able, be able to play a game like football. I tried playing when I got a lot older and I broke a lot of bones very, very quickly, but uh, that wasn't one for me. Um, going into the C- the CFL, there's obviously so much history and Toronto Argonauts have been around since 1873, if, if my notes are you know correct. I didn't know it actually went uh, that far back. Do you think uh, we're at a point now with the CFL where once it expands this extra team or, or it's just going to take one thing to sort of send it worldwide? Uh, I think, uh, well, with the CFL 2.0, right, I think that will be a huge hit. Uh, once they can figure that all that out, I know that they're going to try and just get the CFL uh, resumed again uh, first before they, they take on that. But uh, I think having an extra team uh, and then maybe that also opens up for more ex- expansion in the future, right? Maybe that goes from nine to 10 and then 10 to 12 or something, right? Like 
Um, but the CFL 2.0 uh, being in Mexico and, and I think in a few European countries will be a, a huge benefit. Yeah, because there's a ton of countries around the world that don't really get talked about when it comes to the game of football. We've got countries like Italy, Germany, the Netherlands, and in, in some respects, the UK with fairly sizable established professional leagues. We see uh, countries like Germany and Italy and stuff with that they regularly sell out 10,000 fans to a game. Do you think it would be wise for the CFL to uh, not sponsor a league? Uh, but maybe try and put their name on one of these leagues as as maybe not even a feeder league. But hey, the the CFL's here, and we're 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 willing to foster young talent where other other leagues may not necessarily give them the opportunity. Well, um, not sure how things are kind of ran out out there in Europe with the uh, with Germany and in England and with that with football. But um, I think having like a bit of a feeder system would be. A good idea. I know that uh, last last year or the year before they started the global combine, so they kept the the combine and the Canadian draft separately on its own. But then they did the same thing, but just for global players. So maybe that they'll be able to uh, keep those rules uh, in place and and have a, a global draft, uh, maybe one or two uh, rounds every year, or at least every other year, or something like that. And uh, the roster spot as well, like keeping. Uh, one or two international reserve spots might uh, be a, a good benefit for the league. Yeah, because we're, we're starting to see so many more players from from so many different countries finally like make their way to professional football. And in the NFL, we've got guys like F.A. Obada and Christian Wade from the UK. We've got guys like Jakob Johnson from Germany. And there's even Chinese players coming around at this point and playing in Canadian and American colleges. And the thing I liked about CFL 2.0 and the international combine is that they are willing to give players from countries that necessarily don't have the infrastructure for this sport. They were willing to give them the time of day and say, look, we're here for you. And I think it's very unfortunate that COVID happened because I think the CFL would have exploded in popularity this year, given all the things they were doing to make sure that the, the game was growing overseas with, uh, the rapid with the rapid expansion and stuff like this and, and COVID's obviously slowed it down to a creep. What things do you think the CFL do can continue their growth in other countries and internationally? I think it all comes down to a lot of the marketing as well. And I know that Randy Ambrosi is, is investing heavily on trying to expand the, the league, not just with Halifax or, or another city that might happen, but uh, with the with Europe and, and North America as well, they're they're really trying to to market that, and I think that's what they just got to keep doing. I I, I honestly uh, think uh, a lot of fans would be interested when they sort of see uh, if they saw a game in person. I think they'd be a lot, a lot more surprised about how a lot more fast paced and hard hit it is compared to maybe the professional football they're used to seeing on TV or even the college football they used to seeing on TV because you guys are the are the best of the best when it comes to the athletes at this sport. So obviously, obviously you guys, you know, should have more eyes on you. But one thing I don't think international fans understand is how good the game day snacks are at CFL games. Now, <laughs> Toronto uh infamous for some of the burgers and, and and hot dogs they put out. And obviously we love poutine. Poutine is there's a staple snack in Canada and, and yeah. more people need to try it if they haven't. What what's your favorite game day snack when you go to a CFL game? Uh, I like the I like the poutines. You can't go wrong with that. Um 
yeah, also can't go wrong with a hot dog or, or, or a burger. Yeah, I was going to say, because I can't remember what team it is. I want to say it's Hamilton. They have like a foot-long hot dog. And like every everyone's all, you always see pictures of that whenever it's a game day going on. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I got I got my foot long hot dog. And um, so going into this season, um, we are probably going to see a lot of changes. And obviously, the CFL is now owned by a fairly, uh, fairly large company in Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Do you think? teams should be player owned or do you think it's more sensible for comp- uh, not player owned sorry fan owned sort of sort of like green bay packers sort of setup or do you think it's more smart for bigger companies to own them because that way they can make sure everything is uh, on the up and up financially and make sure the players are looked after as well as the ground and everything being secured correctly um i think it depends on the team right like it's their ownership of course um probably would lean towards having uh the companies or a certain company owning the teams. I know um, I'm pretty sure the Rough Riders is fan based uh, owned, um, but I think uh, that that's a different situation, right? You have a big market um, sports market in Toronto with the MLSE with the Leafs and the Raptors and the Argonauts and, and the Toronto FC. Uh, but then uh, you go down a few provinces, down to Regina, Saskatchewan, and and you have a huge, huge fan base that takes pride in their team. So uh, that's, I think the two are just completely different. So I think that um, it just depends on each team. Yeah, I was about to say, Rough Riders, uh, you know, the, the, those guys are, are probably the most diehard fans in the CFL. Now, I can't, I can't disrespect my brothers and sisters who love to watch uh, Toronto Argonauts games, but Rough Riders fans really are something different. I... I've seen dudes with full body tattoos of Saskatchewan stuff. So, and I'm maybe not that deep into uh, Toronto to get, to get maybe a neck tattoo just yet. We'll, we'll see how many more gray cups we win over the next few years. Maybe if we have like another 2017 run uh, and beat Calgary, we can talk about that. But um, yeah, the CFL is, it is continuing to grow and, and COVID has taken a massive hit on the, the sport. I mean, for all sports, it, it, it's it's really been a problem but uh you know i'm very optimistic for what what's going to happen the cfl is a, a league that genuinely cares about its fans and it genuinely cares about its teams but there's one sort of you know slightly depressing story we do have to talk about and we can cut this if you don't feel comfortable talking about it but there was the controversy with the Edmonton football team and their names. And I, I just wanted to sort of know your feelings uh, on them changing it and stuff like that, changing the name. Um, I mean, it came down to their, their decision is what they, they came down to, uh, but uh, nothing that we can do, of course, but uh, it was, a, I'll be honest, it was a little um, upsetting a little bit. Uh, Cause um I'm obviously I'm, I'm only two hours away from Edmonton. I grew up an Eskimo fan. So to see that name change uh, happen was a little, a little upsetting just as a, a fan perspective, but I totally understand and respect the, the decision made. Yeah. I, I think uh, maybe a lot of people, especially in the U S maybe didn't know that that word was may, maybe didn't have history behind it. They maybe weren't, you know, as as clued up on it as somebody like yourself from from Canada would be, but from that to something a little bit different, 
You talked about Halifax getting a team. What what would you pick for the Halifax team name? Uh, and we, we can we can have some fun with this if you like as well. We don't have to be super nice to the people in Halifax, despite how how, how nice and friendly they normally are. Uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I do like their name that they supposedly chosen, like with the Schooners. Uh, that's pretty creative. Um, I don't know. Maybe for a little fun, you could say like a Halifax Fisherman or something like that. I was about to say, I thought, I thought it would be hilarious to have the Halifax trawlers and just they could they could have a, a spitty little version of the Toronto Argonaut ship on their helmet and that they could maybe be our little brother in the league for their, their first few seasons. I, I felt like that would be a little bit interesting at least. Um, but we'll we jump on to another question now. And I know I'm a bit all over the place with my, my interview technique, but honestly, I... Uh, I'm a tiny bit starstruck speaking to a guy who's just been drafted by a team I followed for all these years. And it's been great that you've been able to come on here and talk about it. But uh, what what are your expectations? Uh, obviously, you have a notion of what you think things are going to be like when you when you get into the CFL. What, what are your sort of expectations when you, you finally get in the locker room and you finally get to see Matt, Matt Nichols and guys like that? Do, do you have sort of... Um, an idea in mind of what these guys are going to be like, or, or are you just going to wait to see what happens? I'm just going to have to wait and see what happens. I know at that, at this point, you're, you're professionals right in there. You have, it's, it's your job now. Right. So, um, you know, even if it's someone that you've been watching for the past eight to 10 years in the league, it's, it's still a job now. Yeah. Are you, how how it, like was your family? Because obviously you said you were sat there on draft night with your family and stuff. And how excited were they when you finally got that call from the Argonauts? I think they were just as surprised as me, to be honest. Because we were all on the same page going into that day, just from what I would, uh, what information I would relay to them uh, over the last month or so, and and I, they were just surpri- as surprised as I was. And I remember the phone call, and I'll never forget it. And uh, it was, I think it started at seven o'clock local time for us. And, and about half hour, 40 minutes later, I get a call and I, I kind of had to look at my phone two, three times and make sure that it was them <laughs> and <laughs> kind of stared at my family. Like, uh, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, this is actually happening right now. So. Yeah, I was about to say, I can imagine you were probably a little bit awestruck. Like you said, you didn't expect to go that early. It was obviously a, a bit of a surprise how was that phone call? Like, what did they say and what were your emotions when, when you picked up that call? Um, I remember a few words, to be honest, not the whole conversation. I, I think that's just because my mind was running, uh, just a little shocked. Um, I, I don't know a better way to explain it. it. It's just, it's something you can't explain. Um, you're just caught up in the moment and you, and you take it all in, of course, and, uh, and you're very appreciative of, of how you got to the point that you are today and, and, and who helped you. I was about to say pro- probably a few beers were drunk in, in your house that night, <laughs> just, just to have a celebration. I know personally, if I got drafted by a team with this history, I, I probably would have, uh, I probably, I, yeah, I definitely would have had a few beers. Um, how, how was your friend's reaction to this as well? When you said, Hey guys, I've, I've been drafted by the Toronto Argonauts. Well, uh, my phone started kind of blowing up in a way. I had to just set my phone off 
to the side for a couple hours. And, and, but the good thing about that, it allowed me to take in the moment even more. Uh, so family and friends knew right away. Well, of course my family did, but my friends knew right away. Uh, it was televised, right? So everybody was watching and, and it was easy for everybody to kind of just get the news out and everybody knew and just let my phone kind of do its thing. I got a lot of, a lot of texts to catch up through the, through the night and the next day. And, and yeah. Yeah. How was it just into media attention as well? Cause I've seen you've had some, uh, you've had some interviews and stuff from some fairly bigger, big publications up in Canada and stuff. Was it, was it sort of weird that you, you weren't maybe used to that in college and then you, you get the big surprise with getting drafted this early and then instantly you, you've got reporters and stuff asking you for interviews. Was that a big adjustment for you to make? A little bit. Yeah. It was something I was not used to. Um, and it just kind of happened on the, on the spot there. I was like, had to go through a few few interviews or whatever and I was I was nervous before because I, I wasn't used to it but uh, they seem to be coming easier and easier yeah I was about to say that probably what would be the biggest adjustment <laughs> would be reporters calling you and and people like myself saying hey would you mind coming on a podcast or hey would you mind asking some questions to me I imagine that's a big adjustment but probably honestly a bit of a relief it's maybe something a bit more to do especially while you're in lockdown right now I I know I'm in a country right now that doesn't really do lockdowns even though I'm from a country that has observed those rules um which honestly is is the craziest adjustment for me is that I'm, I'm in America now and, and it appears I'm in a country where 99% of people don't believe uh, <laughs> this is something going on um how how was um how, how do you think your college life as well um not just playing football but going to classes and, and making sure you've got homework and stuff done how do how do you feel like that's going to help you going on to the professional level like with with things like playbook and and that sort of stuff well being a professional football player is going to be a lot different than being a student athlete when being a student athlete you got to be accountable and and, and more uh, manage your time better um or maybe not better but you got to manage your time as well um but uh being um, being on practice on time and and getting your homework done on time and and splitting up your day into uh, thirds with school training and um, and football practice of course and that will help benefit uh, not only in football but in in life as well with with work in the future uh, when that comes about and and um, in, in the locker room of being accountable for uh, what you need to get done. That's a great answer as well, because some people maybe get caught up in the hype of it too much. And it's good to see that you're staying grounded and you want to be held accountable for everything that you do, uh, which kind of leads on to my next question, actually. Obviously, the answer may not even be a football player, but is there an athlete or or somebody who's maybe not their game, but their mentality and the way they, they approach their game? Is, is there anyone you really draw inspiration from in the sporting world? Uh, I think there's a, probably a couple, like, um, one, I'd say Joe Thomas for sure. Um, unfortunately been out of the league for a couple of years now, but, uh, just the way he, uh, he played, he was one of the best tackles in the league, uh, when he, when he was playing and, and being, uh, being a humble guy, I try to, for him, for Joe Thomas, uh, I try to, um, be, be, be like that stay as humble 
as I can and then take it one day at a time. Yeah, Joe Thomas is on it. On guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer in the NFL. And I think a consensus, one of, one of the best tackles we've seen uh, in a long time. Is there a... Is there a, a CFL player who maybe you like their game, who you model their ga- your your game after theirs, even if they're not the same position group as you? Is there a player in the CFL who you maybe look up to? I uh, probably um, oh, there's a lot. Uh, there's a few uh, good athletes in the CFL like that. Yeah, um, probably point out uh, Van Zeel from uh, Hamilton. I know he's a he's an ex Argonaut uh, there, and I think that. Um, that kind of one got in my head when I was in Edmonton there uh, by a coach that mentioned at an Eskimo game against Toronto actually. And, and just said like, just that he sees Van Zeel in me in, in a way, just being like, uh, just very equi- um, equivalent in many different ways. Yeah, no, that's a great answer as well. And this last question is a little bit heavy and we we've had guys, uh, We've interviewed, I've interviewed like Coach Kiyoshi Harris uh, from Last Chance U. You may have seen this in uh, the season in Independence. And we, we've spoken to a lot of guys. And I get very varied uh, answers to this question. Uh, so so you can take it slow if you want. But how do you want to be remembered? Um, geez, that's a tough question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As I was say, never, it, it stumps never, people. Um, you know, when I, um, you know, I want to, I, li- I like to think of myself as a, a friendly guy. I, I always like to have time for, for uh, obviously my friends and family, but also the fans as well. So, uh, that's part of embracing the situ- uh, the scenario when I get out to Toronto is being able to embrace with those, uh, with those fans and, uh, any fans that will they'll come up in the future. Uh, I know what, that uh position is like for them I've, I've been in that situation before just being a fan so i know how the fans um feel sometimes so i like to to take that time as well for for them uh so i want to be remembered like being a humble guy friendly and and uh, a hard worker um i know i have a huge fan base here back home small town uh know a lot of people are proud of me and i want to be remembered for uh, being the best that I can and with with football. Well, I want to say already that I am a fan of you and I can't wait to see you suit up in blue uh, when we finally get this season underway. Uh, you know, thank you for coming on. It, it's great to f- for guys like you to, to give me the opportunity to interview yourself and m- maybe cross cross paths in this way where I, I can promote CFL to, to the small platform I have, but also then you can get the word out about us. And it, it's great to be able to speak to athletes like yourself. And, and it's also a big bonus that I'm a fan of the Toronto Argonauts that I get to see a guy that I hopefully am going to come see in person uh, suit up. So I do appreciate you coming on and I cannot wait to see you on the field for the Toronto Argonauts. Thanks for having me and hope to meet you in person someday. Yeah, if you just like uh, to give out your socials and stuff, like your Instagram and your Twitter, just so all the fans over here at Full 10 Yards know where to follow you. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, tchurch62 and uh, Instagram, that church you'll get. 
I thank you very much. I have been your host, Dust Covered Cleats, DCCYT Football on the Twitter. You know me better as Wave Chappelle, Vanessa Hudgens. I know I make a lot of stupid dokes, but I'm here for the long haul. You can see me back in action next week with the College Football Podcast. I'll be bashing Ohio State after they get their heads kicked in by Alabama. It's a fun one. And also we've got Kieran's Corner, uh, NFL awards coming next week probably giving Justin Jefferson rookie of the year just because I don't like quarterbacks getting that award but thank you very much Farron Churchill for coming on this podcast I very very much appreciate being able to speak to a, a guy who's going to be suiting up for my favorite CFL team next year thank you thank you very much man kick it and go kick it and kick it and go